Hello, this is Alec Newman. And this is Zoe DeVries. And this is Music Minute. Today, we're going to be talking about the history of Black and African American music and its roots through protests and the genres of music today. Make sure not to miss our special guest, Lejean Williams, who gives us insight on some of his perceptions of BLM and music. While songs used for protests in the United States can be dated back hundreds of years, all the way back to the Revolutionary War, African Americans have a different story in the United States. Whether through protesting war or slavery, Black Americans have consistently connected song with their fight against oppression. Songs dated back all the way to the early 19th century not only gave hope for slaves to keep fighting, but had double meanings as well. In autobiographies like those of Frederick Douglass, a black abolitionist, he mentions how these double meanings not only gave off a tone of fighting for their lives or being content, but also had an overall narrative of reaching freedom. In some ways, the same double meaning hasn't left modern protesting music either. Especially with race-based complications happening in America right now, freedom might not be getting away from slavery, but being free from persecutions from certain groups in America. In the 1950s, people began protesting through soul music. The first soul movement was a direct response to the injustice of the civil rights era and combined roots of gospel music, blues, and jazz. Ethnomusicologist Tamara Roberts stated that soul music was especially powerful because of its roots in Black church traditions. They already had a shared history and background in Black culture, and the artists making these songs helped unify the Black side of the civil rights movement. Nina Simone's Mississippi Goddamn is a perfect example of this. She used her music to speak out against the everyday injustices Black people face and called out and rebuked the idea of going slow when it came to desegregation and reunification in America. In the late 70s and 80s, the era of punk rock brought new life to protest songs through music videos and television. Rap music became mainstream in the 80s and the songs like NWA's Fuck the Police and Public Enemies Fight the Power became the new call to action. Rap rock protest songs became popular and now with added video elements, artists were able to convey their message on a wider platform and unlike any way they were able to before. While BLM and other modern protests have brought to life how they convey music, the foundation lies within the civil rights movement. Whether you're listening to stories from Congressman John Lewis, who was one of the 13 original Freedom Riders, or others who fought alongside him, they mention how music was a tool for being interconnected between each other. Music appears to be a symbol of nonviolent protest for many Black Americans. Right after this break, we're going to be having our guest, Lejean Williams, tell us a little bit more about his experiences with Black Lives Matter and music surrounding the protest. So this is Lejean Williams. Uh, could you tell me a little bit about yourself? Uh, Lejean Williams. Um, grew up in Mississippi, um, coastal Mississippi, real deep south. Um, lived there my whole life until uh, I moved up here about three years ago. Now I am 
the director of bands at Decatur Middle School um, in Indianapolis. All right, so let's just jump right into it. Uh, so when we're listening to some of these modern protest songs, we hear a lot of repetition and improvisation. Could you tell me a little bit about that? Uh, so, yeah, so some of this, uh, it goes back, literally all the way back to slavery. Um, you know, when slaves were working in the fields and things like that, they used these songs to pass the time. Often there was a there was somebody that was a leader that would you know say something out loud, and then everybody else would respond back. Um, and it, it could go on for hours. Um, you see this a lot in um, modern um, uh, Pentecostal church or, or what we know as black church. You hear this a lot there still. You have a choir director who's leading. Um, and they say blah 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 then the person repeats it back and that can go on for as literally as long as they want to praise um, so um, people um, black people still use that today um, it's just part of our culture um, and I don't I don't foresee that going away anytime soon it's just something we do um, that's instilled in us from generation to generation all right, so call and response, uh, it's widely used as well. So does this contribute to your uh, repetition aspect? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's like I said, it's just part of the nature. Um, I mean, it, it can be seen in in the worship music, I mean, as well as um, the rap and hip-hop and, and everything. Um, you go back to, to, to Ray Charles and, and, and people like those, uh, people like them, um, they use a lot in their songs as well, and that that was pop. You know, it's just like I said, it's just part of the culture. All right. So, uh, in these modern protests, we see a lot of new and old music being sung and chanted. Uh, while both are paying uh, homage to their roots, do you think either one is more effective? Hmm. I'm not really sure uh, which one would be more effective. I think at the end of the day, I think they're both. Um, pretty beneficial to, to the movement that's going on right now. Um, it's just letting people know um, that, you know, we're suffering and just the, the, the repeated repetition of what we're going through um, on a daily, on a day-to-day basis, um, even if it's in the old style or the new style, if it's rap, hip-hop, gospel, whatever it is, it's just letting people know that there are problems and, um, and it, it's hurting a, a, a whole group of people. And we and we keep, at the end of the day, we're gonna keep crying out. Um, this, even if it's the same message, we're gonna keep crying out until um, some change happens. Um, and and that's, just, that's how it's always been. Even when you go back to Martin Luther King, they chanted, they would chant the same thing hours while they're walking, they're protesting, they're, they're marching, they would chant the same chant for the whole protest, just so people would know, hey, this is what we mean, nothing else. This is what we're about, and this is what we're here for. All right, so last question we're going to have is, how do you feel about the phrase, songs don't stop when you're being arrested? Is this playing to how you break someone physically, but not their spirit? Mm. So I, I think this is a, a pretty deep phrase. Um, you know... Thinking back on a protest, even before before the Black Lives Matter movement, we're talking about back to civil rights. 
Um, people would, you know, people would be out protesting. Certain people would get arrested, but that never stopped them. They always kept going. You know, no matter how many people got arrested, um, there was still somebody there to keep with the chant, keep with the repetition, keep with um, the message, keep sending the message on and on. Because at the end of the day, they're not they're, they're not going to arrest everybody. There's not enough room to arrest everybody. So um, if, you, if we keep the message up, you know, even if somebody did get arrested, which is it's awful, but, you know, we know that they got arrested for the cause. So we're not going to stop doing what we need to do uh, to make it happen. Even if I'm the one that, that got arrested, I know the people that will be with me will continue to fight for me and my rights. Um, and I think that's really what the phrase um, breaks down. And that's really what it means. So, yeah. Uh, thanks for coming on and uh, sharing what you want to talk about. Uh, this is John again. Uh, we'll see you around. With 2020 bringing protests, riots, and new light for everyone on the Black Lives Matter movement and social justice, music has re recently been expressed and gained new light and traction through social media. Artists' songs can reach their viewers within a matter of seconds, making it a vital platform for political protest music. Beyonce's formation was uploaded to YouTube the day before she performed at the 2016 Super Bowl, and its images of Hurricane Katrina victims cops and riot gear, and the Black Lives Matter movement set the stage for her performance the next day. Her video was trending within hours, and social media gave the public the space and opportunity to talk about and dissect the meaning behind her songs and what they represent. The public's response and interaction with viral music videos is a form of protest within itself, especially in a year of isolation where people couldn't meet together in groups of protest. The community online connects millions of people to the Black Lives Matter movement and social injustices that the Black community still faces today. The more shares and likes a video gets, the more impact it has on the movement and in the country as a whole. The culture of music we create in times of need is critical to the political climate we create in the future. The change we see in politics and human rights today is largely influenced by the music that is created both in the past and for today. Thank you for listening to the Music Minute. We hope you enjoyed today's episode.